afternoon is an award-winning Texas Americana singer-songwriter whose sound kind of dances between country, folk rock, and southern blues. His 2018 album, Tall Tales of a Brown Buffalo, really shows off his meticulous songwriting skills and the diversity of his sound. And he just released a new single from that album called Wake the Dead, which I want to play a little bit later. In studio with me right now, I've got James Cook. Uh, James, I want to learn a little bit more about you. You're uh, originally from uh, Wichita Falls, I understand, and you seem to have kind of found a lot of inspiration for your songs from your roots near the Red River, right? Yeah, I hear um, stories and tales, and kind of, I guess kind of the way to deal with it for me is always just to write it down. They they make for great uh, songs, great lyrics, and a lot of times some of those songs will have to do with someone I know in town, or I can find something relatable with, with the character. And uh, sometimes I have a little... I guess, you know, fun with it, fun with it, the idea of it. But most of the time I try to keep to the story. And that's that's not all I write about. I just noticed because I think somebody else pointed out earlier this week that I write about death a lot, which I do. Well, it, it happens. It's uh, it's inevitable. People. It's it is kind of one of those things that's <laughs> yeah. inescapable. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's me struggling with my own mortality is the, is the way to do it is just to write down about death. So I'm well, there, hey, there's nothing wrong. It doesn't mean that all your albums are macabre per se. I mean, that's that's just something that uh, that's just one of those topics that comes up in songs. You yeah, know? yeah. Definitely. So, have you lived elsewhere in the state? When I graduated, I left. Actually, there's a song on this latest album about me leaving and uh, and and kind of coming back to town. And it was I left Austin, San Antonio. I lived in College Station for a little bit. I was kind of a vagabond with my music. And then I came back to town and I wrote a song called "Foaming at the Mouth" that had to deal with me and my attitude coming back i don't i don't know really? if you know if you know that guy i was that guy okay <laughs> i'd left the small town came back couldn't stop you know talking about the town even though i was living in the town so i mean is that where you're hanging your hat these days again or? yeah i'd live there uh with my wife and and our four wonderful kids nice um you know it's it's and we live in a great house. i can't ask for anything else i mean i live in a great house it has this shed in the back that over the summer i, I built into a studio oh sweet yeah oh they're living the dream man <laughs> that's awesome man <laughs> so uh so i have that at the house and uh, i'm very grateful the people in the, of the my hometown are, are really great people so that's fantastic you know actually i i don't uh, note that many artists that are coming out of wichita falls so i mean is there is there a vibrant music scene there or you know it believe it or not there is and it's but it's diverse as a matter of fact when i leave here i go back to my hometown i play this thing called larson fest um and, and i'd originally started as a local band show where all these bands different types um rock country metal that's all there the second year they were going to do it a couple weeks before the show a good friend of ours donald larson passed away and this was a guy that was at everyone's show it didn't matter what style you were he was at the shows and he passed away and it hit all of us really hard so the guys who put the show together decided to start calling it larson Fest. oh wow and what we do is we all get together we do the show all weekend long and we take the money and we give it to the charity that Donald was involved in, which was Casa of Red River, that helps with neglected kids. Right. So uh, it's such a great vibe because yeah. it's, it's all of us who we all try to make it to each other's shows, no matter what the style. We don't really focus on a style. And I think that's the reason why my music is so all over the place. Yeah. Because we don't. there's no real 
styles that, that are out there. It's, it's all just a mesh of music in that town. We all very supportive and very loving uh, musicians out there. So What you're describing is exactly what I do with the playlists here, yeah. and that's how it should be. I just think good music is good music. It doesn't have to fit a certain label or genre. You know what I mean? Yeah, you kind of know when you hear it. Uh, I, I also just listen to so many different types of music that I've never listened to a song that said, well, it's not rock, so I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a weird sentence to say, you know. What did you grow up listening to that kind of helped shape that eclectic taste in music of yours? A couple of weeks ago, I went to a Tennessee, and I realized a lot about how I grew up listening to music just from being in there. And I'll tell you, I was in Memphis the first night, and I went to Graceland the next day. So I, I started remembering all these, how much I loved Elvis and Chuck Berry and that classic style and more the showmanship of it when I was a little kid because I'd walk around with a tennis racket in my hand, you know, sure. like it was a guitar. <laughs> but then the following, you know, like a couple of days later, I went to Americana Fest where I saw my other favorite Elvis, Elvis Costello. Oh, nice. And I realized, you know, uh, man, that's my music taste ranges from Elvis to Elvis. You know? I, I love that. That's really good. <laughs> it's uh, the showmanship mixed in with uh, the, the songwriting and, and how focused the lyrics are. Um, so yeah, all those different styles, listening to that. My dad was constantly listening to classic rock. My mom was constantly listening to Tejano and the house just blaring that and R and B and old soul like Motown oh, nice. at the house. And, uh, then I started getting country more by myself, but when I started listening to country, it was more on my terms. Yeah. I was the one who chose what I wanted. I heard a lot about Chris Christopherson. I dove into Chris Christopherson, okay. <laughs> Johnny Cash, Shel Silverstein, um, I know Shell Silverstein's not really a performer, but I love oh, yeah. his writing yeah. <laughs> uh, more than anything. I started getting into country that way, so the styles started mixing into each other. In, in Wichita, I would notice that I would play whatever the other musicians wanted to play. So if I wrote a song, uh, no matter what the style was, it ended up being whatever those musicians would play. I loved doing that because it expanded where, where I could take my music, but after a while, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And uh, that having that much control meant I get to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> if I want horns in this song, who's going to stop me? I'll do it. I'll have the horns in there. So that it's a very freeing uh, feeling. Was the acoustic guitar your first instrument, or did you uh, end up kind of noodling on something else? The electric guitar was okay. the first one. It was rock and roll. Okay, you know, yeah, of course. It was rock and roll at first. <laughs> you you got to get the stance down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then I, I was doing acoustic shows to kind of pay the bills. Uh, that's when I really learned how to play uh, or how to write and how to really get into the songs. I don't know. I, I remember seeing a documentary of Jimi Hendrix and thinking, oh, that's kind of what I'm doing, which was he just played bars every night. So he ended up learning all these covers and all these styles and all these, uh, you know, you get so comfortable because you're constantly trying to entertain a wild bunch of people. Yes. Uh, so, you know, unlike any other thing on this planet, my, my job consists of me trying to entertain people that are already insane <laughs> at a bar. And that, so that was my mentality of how, how do I make this flashier? How do I get up in their face? How do, so I learned a lot doing that. But then I realized when I wanted to go out of town, I really want to focus on on the art of writing and the art of songwriting, the, the lyric lyrical part of it. Sure. So uh, touring around, meeting other musicians, getting inspired by them, it really helped a lot uh, around Texas. Can you mark kind of a time when you really kind of put your music career into full gear? I mean, was there a point where you were kind of uh, doing a, a normal day job or something and you said, you know what, I'm going full time into music? Well, it was uh, 2015. I remember telling my wife, 
I'm going to leave. I'm going to go out and I'm going to I'm going to really really try. Not leave her. But. No, no. <laughs> this is that turned into a very sad story. <laughs> I don't know if I'm leaving. I know, man. No. I've got some Kleenex over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh I I told her I'm I'm I think I'm going to start traveling a little bit and I want to get things in gear for that. And she really was so supportive. She oh, nice. still is. She's she's my number one fan and I absolutely love her for it. Um, but she, she was like, yeah, it's time to get out of this town and start uh, showing your music to other people. So I'd say around 2015 is I – I remember taking this photo shoot because that was going to be my declaration yeah. of like, I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, because before I was just kind of just some buffoon on stage at a bar that they would tell me, go in that corner and don't make too much noise. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I really wanted to, to start expanding myself as a songwriter. James Cook is with me. You've been uh, recognized for your songwriting thanks to accolades like the 2015 Rattle Magazine Songwriter Award. Uh, do things like that really kind of help to uh, to drive and inspire you to do more? Yes. It's kind of an odd thing because you, you have something inside of you that says, I don't really want to let other people influence me. But then whenever you're doing it, you kind of realize, well, you, I want to be better than the last album. It's kind of more for myself than anything else. The, the accolades are cool, but you kind of say to yourself, how can I impress myself a little bit more? I do the three M's when I write a song sometimes, which is <laughs> – it sounds cheesy saying out loud. <laughs> but I have this mentality of writing, and I kind of want to check off, does, do I, do the, would other musicians like it? Would the masses like it? And myself, what what I really dig it. So, and myself, cool. I, I kind of make sure that that I really like it because you got to play it every night. Well, right, you know what I mean. <laughs> it, 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 I I would write songs when I was younger that after a while I just wouldn't like, and I realized well, I can't do that. I have to like the beat. I have to like the rhythm. I have to enjoy playing them. And and uh, I think I'm at a good pace right now, at least. We were talking about Ray Wiley Hubbard uh, in the <laughs> book The Messenger. Oh yeah, yeah. And and, and I think in his first chapter he's like when i tell songwriters well how do you write a song so you got to be prepared to play this song for the next 20 years uh because of um redneck mother oh right okay yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. That, that's a tune that he just made up off you know like that and he didn't realize he'd be singing that song until the day he died you know? <laughs> it's true so you got to consider the future for, for sure yeah definitely well, you've clearly been doing something right. You've had uh, songs take to the Texas charts, and uh, you've released some renowned albums. I wanted to ask you about uh, your your most recent record, this uh, Tall Tales of a Brown Buffalo. Did you record this over in uh, the DFW area? Yeah, we recorded with Bart Rose at Fort Worth Studios. I'd worked with him when I won the Rattle Magazine contest. We got, I got some free studio time. Oh, okay. And uh, I threw in, you know, we did five songs, and at the end he said, uh, I'd if you ever want to do an album i'd love to work on an album so i actually finished up another ep because i was in the middle of working on it whenever i won that so i finished that album immediately released lullaby and as soon as i was done with lullaby i started working on music for the next okay. album <laughs> uh, because i wanted to work with them so well and the reason why it was a great experience for me was i got to work with for one thing a lot of artists from wichita falls that i looked up to and a lot of artists that i thought were phenomenal that i just wanted to have on the album like ground floor and rising and uh, jason brown and romero noriega he knew some artists from the area as well uh, preston lewis with horns who arranged a lot of the horn section for the for the album i had met some talented uh, musicians on the road and every time i'd meet a really 
really good musician, I'd say, you're going to be on my next album. Oh, yeah. you gotta you got to take note of that. <laughs> I'd, I'd ride down, okay, Cameron Speed on harmonica. The single Wake the Dead, you hear fiddle from Heather Stalling, who's right. Mike Stalling's wife. Yes, yeah. She's featured on a lot of people's recordings, so oh, I can understand so why good. you would have wanted to recruit her. Yeah, we did a show. Me and my wife did a couple's show with Heather and Max. Oh, cool. And she would just play while I was playing and it just sounded amazing. Like she knew the song. That was the weirdest <laughs> part was like, how did you know I was going to do that? But she was and, just playing it by uh, ear? Yeah. Okay. And, well, she, she knew she was going to do that because I'm talented. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's, she's very talented. And uh, she came in the studio, knocked those out, gave me exactly what I heard in my head, even even more. She's just phenomenal. That's great. And I get to work with the talented musicians like that on the album. So it is a mixture of of my past and some of the people that I've met on the road and uh, great, great talent from Fort Worth. Well, yeah, you can definitely hear uh, the the great supporting cast that you've got with you on that. I understand that you were kind of going for a certain feel on that record, Tall Tales of a Brown Buffalo, to sort of parallel, if you will, your previous release. Uh, you wanted kind of more of a live sound on this record? Yeah. I, the first one was so dark because <laughs> it was about the end of the world and how this small town was dealing with it. So the, the songs got pretty sad. Uh, but so for and then at the end of shows, I, people would say, well, oh, I'd love the show because I, I ended up with a band. We do some great live work, but I had a hard time telling people to buy my album whenever I knew they didn't they didn't want to hear the sad stuff. <laughs> right. They want whatever I heard just now. I want that on, on, a, yeah, on yeah. a CD or I want to be able to go somewhere and get that. So I uh, recorded that and I wanted the live feel and. I think that I knew that was going to be hard because it's really hard to create a live feel sure. on an album when everything has to be you know perfectly timed. And exactly. Out. And how do you get the people motivated enough? And that was another fun part was if I heard that there wasn't enough oomph or power, I would sit there and I did some crazy stuff in the studio. <laughs> I think I screamed at the top of my lungs at a guitarist while he was playing just so he would feel, you know, because after a while I wanted him to feel edgy. You didn't, you didn't go all James Brown on him, did I, you? And the, <laughs> start shooting at the place. Well, and, you know, docking money because they didn't play the riff good enough. I'm just oh, that kidding. Was, no, I didn't go James Brown on him, but uh, <laughs> there, there was a moment like on the title track, Tall Tales of a Brown Buffalo. I remember Bart asking, are you, you know, we're going to go in there. Are you ready to record? And I said, all right, we're going to do vocals right now. Yeah. So I left, I'd say for about, I did like a mile jog. Oh, really? Just around the building and as hard as I could so that when I came back in, my lungs were at top. I was just like, let's do this. And I got it in the first take, <laughs> except for like a little part of the outro that I messed up on. But uh, I love listening to that song just because I'm giving everything on the on that single. And uh, I knew I wanted to do it also. I knew I wanted this, this uh, like screams and, and uh, powerful vocals uh, to come out. But it's hard to do whenever you're in a studio. And of course. Quiet. Like right now I'm it's, speaking at it. It's a, a sterile environment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking like in a Terry Gross-esque voice. Yeah, well, right it now. is public radio. So it, you're in <laughs> I'm in the mood. I'm in the zone. So that's and then you feel that way in a studio. So you, I was really nervous about that. But everybody knew what I was trying to create, and they really tried to bring that out. Any other insights that we need on this? You were just kind of telling us about what uh, went into this making it in the studio. I, uh, one of my, I got one of my idols from Wichita Falls, Jason Brown, to record it. And what's funny was he never heard it. And I don't know why this was a smart idea for me. <laughs> I said, yeah, let's just go in there and just wing it. If you, and he's, I showed you the song. He's like, oh, I, I never heard it, man. 
We went in there. He just nailed this lead. He's he's an insane good uh, guitarist. So isn't it amazing how some of these these you know, studio these session guys just I mean, they don't have to have heard it. You just tell them the key. <laughs> I have no idea how they do that. It's amazing. We've I got... can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> I've been walking for days in this place in Is that what I see? Was my mind playing tricks on me? I've been walking this trail two months, three weeks. Let me see you roll. Music from James Cook out of Wichita Falls. That's the title track from his record, Tall Tales of a Brown Buffalo. Hey, remember that listener support makes all the music and the interviews on Notably Texan possible. And we're counting on you to help us fund this radio station. Click donate at KETR.org. Man, that was a great tune. And, uh, I mean, as it as it should be, that's the first song on the album. And that was, frankly, the first thing. Uh, pretty much that I really paid attention to from you as I was uh, getting ready for this interview. Didn't know anything about I was going into this blindly. I pushed play on that that tune that we just played there, uh, Tall Tales of Brown Buffalo. And I had to grab onto my seat because it, it was such a good ride, man. <laughs> nice. I mean, that is a fantastic introduction to your music. I want to play more. We're going to get into that Wake the Dead tune a little bit later, which is kind of a different side of your music. Yeah, but, it's, it's actually the bookends uh, for the album. I still oh, yeah. write albums. I don't, I don't, I know people do singles and I, and I plan on kind of doing some of that stuff whenever with the next album. But every time I write an album, I still have this mentality of, well, there needs to be a, a fast song there because if I was, I love listening, you know, those albums, I'm sure you could say it right now, an album where you just push play and it's all the way. Oh through. yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, probably dark side of the moon. Dark side of know? the moon is an incredible <laughs> one. I was going to say uh, Weezer's blue album, uh, right? <laughs> uh, Mars Volta's Delouse in the Comatorium. These are, these are albums that I just. Turn they tell on. a story. You oh, can't yeah. just listen to one piece of it. And then in your head, you ever just been listening to the radio, you hear a song, you're like, uh, where's Wait, the next song? it was song? missing the part before it, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's how I, I kind of make, not music per se, but that's how I finish up an album. Is yeah. I say, well, this needs to go here, this needs to go here. All right, well, to end the album, I need to end it huge. Because right, as a matter of fact, Wake the Dead, the single when we went into the studio, the band was fully prepared to play on the single because we'd been playing it a certain way. And I changed everything right when they walked in the studio. I was like, well, you guys aren't going to be playing. Okay. And they were like, what, what do you mean? What, what, um, I'm going to do it by myself. And I'm going to have my wife. And, and hopefully we'll get a fiddle player. This is before I knew Heather was going to come in. And I said, all I want are for you all to be in the last measures of the song. That's it. So we got to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> and not play yeah he's just gonna play the outro and then i i hired and, and every person i would bring into the studio i would let them know you're just gonna do the outro that's <laughs> and i and there, there's like backup vocals the band plays i hired a horn section yeah. i had my wife at the outro and i was like all i need you for is the very end that's it that's all i need you for. easy money that's what you got to tell them guys this is like the easiest gig you'll ever yeah. do just sit it's over three there chords guys stop overthinking this <laughs> uh well yeah i'm excited yeah. to play that uh, before we're done here today Tattoo, leather boots and a fast truck built for two. 
had gone and left a man in Galveston and decided to head up north. Well, she took that gun, crossed her crimson lips, let's have fun. music video for that which is really cool man and it's not the traditional music video uh, tell me about that uh, I'm the song tells a story I knew I needed to have a video for it and every time I do a video I kind of told myself whenever I was starting to do this full-time every aspect needs to be something as as creative as possible for me and since I'm running the show and I'm having to do it I'll have to think of something for this video and I didn't want to hire actors because I didn't know how it play out, and I was afraid that it would look cheesy. Yeah, absolutely. And I needed it to be gunslinging musicians, and I needed it fast and quick and sexy and fun. So I went looking for animators, and I found just the cheesiest people. And then I stumbled <laughs> upon this guy, David Silva. I believe he's from Brazil. And I saw his work, and his work was very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, w- it was sexy. It was a little inappropriate, to be honest with you. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so, but I knew, I was like, this style is definitely what I want. So I talked with him for a while. He said, you have to com- make up a complete storyboard for me. So I had to come up with these characters. I had to make up a storyboard. If you watch the video, you'll notice a bartender, and that's actually my basis. Oh, really? I sent him some pictures, <laughs> and I go, can you make this guy? He's already a cartoon. He's already an animate kind of person. So I, and, uh, I, and I love the guy to death. His name is Tim Maloney. And I just wanted to immortalize him via cartoon. So he's in it for a brief period of time. And, and uh, anyways, the, we, we, it was a lot of fun to see him send me back these little snippets oh, I bet. of the animation. So uh, I'm, I'm very proud of that. And, and if you watch my old videos, they're, they're, I love what I've done with those old videos as well. But uh, the next one for Wake the Dead, we're using David again. Oh, nice. And this time we're, we're going to do it very dark. It's going to be all in black and white. Okay. And you get to see through the eyes of the ghost. of, the, of Oh, song. nice. So, okay. I'm excited to see that. Very fun. Uh, so people can uh, seek this out. I'm sure if you just go uh, you know, do a search for uh, James Cook Let Him Run video, I'm sure they'll be able to find it. Yeah. Believe it or not, there's another James Cook. I was going to say, and if you go looking into this guy... I was going to point this out at the end, but if you go looking into my guest, James Cook, make sure you find the one from Texas, because apparently there is some other Yahoo in the UK with the same name. So uh, that Can has... you believe that? <laughs> I know. He's I never... not even using the E at the end. <laughs> I'm like, you're from England and everything, man. Just put the E out right. there. Don't y'all do that? No? Okay. And there might even be some other James Cooks that exist in the world. So make sure that you find the right James Cook when you go looking into him, uh, by the way, your website, which is what? 
James Cook makes music. So you're staying pretty busy on the road uh, quite often, I assume? Yes. Uh, this week has been, uh, we ran through Oklahoma. I think, you know, we're going to be doing a lot of radio stuff for this single. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. I love I love getting out and driving. It oh, is, good. It is cool uh, to, to get out and see, you know, the beautiful hills of Oklahoma, the mountains out there, and then, you know, Texas. <laughs> It yeah, depends you on where all, you are. Right? Yeah, it's everything. You want desert? We got it. You want you want mountains? We got you it. You said you're driving back to Wichita Falls tonight, so you're already going to go through however many different ecosystems you know, on the way back. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah. So, it, and I love uh, checking out certain towns. And I've been through Commerce before. Also. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. hey, you just know that you've got a welcome invite here, man, because awesome. I'm, I'm really enjoying my chat with you. Are you finding it okay balancing the home life with your touring? I know that's always tough when you got a family back home that you got to get away from all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I try really hard to make sure that the kids don't really notice dad's gone. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so I, I'm there most of the time whenever they get out of school. I help them with their schoolwork. I feed them. I got the food. Stacy works during the day. So it really works for our family, like this life that we've created. So these few days I've been gone, it's been a little tough for Stacy, but, you know, the, the kids are so – mature it's so great <laughs> yeah they, they, if i if i was worried i i think i'd be home a little bit more. sure i'm never worried they're they're always handling their business they're very they're great kids i love them that's great man i'm i'm lucky i've seen other kids i'm like whoa <laughs> if i had that kid there's no way i could be on the road yeah be too busy disciplining them right <laughs> well, just getting on to them yeah well that sounds like you got dealt a, a good hand on that so yeah. uh congratulations on on the happy family back home well, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but uh, we are a listener-supported uh, radio service for Northeast Texas. While I had you here, I wanted to ask if you have any kind of personal experience with uh, public radio. Are you somebody that likes to listen to public radio? I love listening to public radio. I'm a, a big fan of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yes. That is one of my favorite shows. I can sit down and listen to that podcast because they, they have it where you just listen to them yeah, yeah. over and over again, and I definitely do. <laughs> uh, listen to NPR like crazy. I love it. And also, you get to get... Uh, some details about the artist. And I've learned a, some artists that I know I would never hear about if it wasn't for NPR. I, I would never get the uh, type of music that, that you guys provide. And when I was in here, I think I, I was, what was it? Uh, Band of Heathens redoing Ray Wiley Hubbard oh, yeah. is the coolest sentence I've ever heard said out loud. <laughs> it's just a really cool sentence to be able to say and uh, to know that, that a station like this uh, has that music. Very, very cool. Very cool indeed. I want to go ahead and play your recently released single, Wake the Dead. What can you tell me about Wake the Dead? It has that marvelous crescendo towards the end. What, what do we need to know about this song? Well, thank you for noticing the end, because whenever I was told we were going to do this on radio, they told me you need to get rid of the ending. What? <laughs> <laughs> they said you need to get rid of the ending because it's too long. And they said, just just get rid of the ending. And I was like, obviously you didn't hear the song because there's no way I'm getting rid of that ending. <laughs> and then I, so I did it first. I, I kind of listened to what it would sound like with the intro off, and I hated it. No such thing as gold. Oh, no such thing as gold. No such thing as gold. Such thing is 
wrote that tune a while back. Uh, I get to work with my wife on the song, so she's, she does backup vocals. Uh, Heather Stalling, again, is on it. And, uh, I, yeah, this was me trying to make sure that the album had a little bit more depth. Uh, I, I knew we were going to do something live, but I still wanted to give something. I still wanted to create something for the album that, uh, that, that gave it that bookend. For yeah, the, for the yeah. end. I wanted it to end the album where you just kind of go, that was great. Let's hear it all over again. Sure. <laughs> so that's what you want. That's what you want to do, for, or at least for me, for an album. So Again, I want to make sure that people find the right website so they don't find this, the, any of these other James Cooks that yeah. somehow are getting in on your name. Uh, what's your <laughs> website again? James Cook Makes Music. Or you can also Google James Cook Music or James Cook Music Texas, and uh, you'll be able to find me there. So. Okay, yeah, pretty simple, but just I want to make sure you don't don't go find the guy from the UK. I'm sure he's wonderful, but uh, he wouldn't be here on Notably Texan now, would he? So <laughs> find the uh, James Cook from Wichita Falls. I'm glad you found us here at KETR today. This is a blast, man. Yeah. I I'm, hope you enjoyed your time. I absolutely love this. Thank you very much. I've always I've just wanted to do something on NPI. This is really cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. there's, there's a... Living uh, the dream. <laughs> you can check that off your list, man, and uh, I want to have you back in sometime. Thank you again for stopping by, Mr. James Cook. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Notably Texan here on 88.9 KETR. Support it right now at KETR.org when you click Donate. Yeah.